This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're asking a simple but profound question. Who is God? When it comes to knowing the unknowable, the creator of the universe, where do we even start? Is he the scary God of the Old Testament or the loving God of the New Testament, or both at the same time? More importantly, how do we get the fullest picture of who God is so that we can learn to love and serve him correctly? That's what we're talking about as we continue our season two about the tenets of the Father's House Church that Steve and Vicki founded their church on. So stay with us. You don't want to miss it. Here's a sneak peek. Listen to Jesus and you'll know God. And then in today's world, in my opinion, we try to say the God of the Old. I'm lucky I don't, you know, know the God of the Old Testament. Well, he, that's exactly who you know. And then you say, Jesus lives in my heart or the Holy Spirit dwells within me. Or we say, know you not, you're the temple of the living God. Well, that living God, that Jesus in my heart, that filled with the Holy Spirit, is exactly the same God as the Old Testament. And he has the same expectations of us. But he's willing to forgive us. You know, we treat him kind of like he's our butler or he just, you know, no matter what he does, no matter what we do, it's fine because he's not the old, he's not the God of the Old Testament. And again, quoting what Steve said, it's in Hebrews, it's I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. Yeah. You're listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, California, and is available wherever podcasts can be found. If you missed an episode or want to share the show with a friend, visit uncommonpodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to leave us a review. That helps us climb the charts so more people can find out about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. If you want to give us your feedback, you can email the show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll try to feature your questions and comments in an upcoming episode. Finally, if you're looking to learn more about the Father's House Church, School of Transformation, or Life Recovery Ministries, visit fathershouseoroville.com. And now let's get into The Uncommon Truth. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. My name is Max. I'm here with Stephen Vicky Orsillo, Senior Pastors of the Father's House Church. How are you guys doing? That's right. You're doing awesome. Are you kidding me? We are filled with the Holy Spirit. How could we be anything but awesome? That's a little bit of foreshadowing for yeah. our topic ahead. That's right. It cool. is how I answer that question every every time now. I'm trying anyway. And foreshadowing, I probably should start talking because I think Steve, this is going to be Steve's topic. So I might as well get some of my pressure out of my head uh, just to talk a little bit. So we'll let Steve relax for a minute and we'll we'll hear what's going on in your week, Vicki. It's just been great. We're... Um, it just feels fresh. Everything seems, seems really fresh, and we're in the midst of a remodel, and we should have um, have enlarged our sanctuary by the time, actually, this is uh, broadcast next Monday. Is that it, We have a wall, we have a foyer, um, and our Doors, church. we have doors. Vestibule, if you will. Vestibule. Vestibule. <laughs> Vestibule. Mm-hmm. Foyer. Foyer. Um, I don't know. Life is so good. Good. That's great. It's really good. And uh, I, I hear now... There's something, so we're getting all these new chairs, and we're doing this remodel because we're filling up the church. Correct. And mm-hmm. went from, uh, since I've been here, we went from one service to two services in a bigger building. Correct. Yeah. And some of that's based on this interesting research that you did about how far people want to sit apart. 
Yeah. It's goofy. Well, it only, only sort of, but um, <clears throat> the real reason we're doing it is we truly felt led by the Holy Spirit to do it. Mm-hmm. And we said, but we don't need this. We don't... This is like going to be a cavern with a few people in it. And by the time we get it done, here we are finishing it. And Sunday, it is almost not big enough. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it, has been, it has been awesome. COVID, like I've said all along on all the broadcasts, COVID is just the best season for any church. And, and the churches are really getting mad. They're, they're, you know, they're having a hard time. But I think the right attitude is to see this as God's opportunity to reach people hmm. and to get out there and, and you know, and just show love, mm-hmm. be Jesus, imitate him and draw them in. And I think that's the biggest reason we're doing it. But, um, it, it was interesting that those statistical reasons for expanding, you know, church growth. What is it? 50% Steve? Yeah. Well, I had a friend in Michigan tell me that. And I was just, I, I really did. I really like 50%. D- yeah. Full. You have to be 50% full and people will stop coming yeah. if it's over 50%. Yeah. Full. For many years, they told they us if next yes. to each other. many years, church statistics were that if you had your 70% of your seats were full, you won't grow. Which is just goofball. And goofy. I said, oh, that's crazy. But yet it proved to be true. So I was in Michigan, and I said that, and this friend said, "You're still we're operating on 70." No, we're not operating. We have at we all. have the we have the millennials. We have the me. What's the next one? Me generation. I forgot what. I don't know. Uh, cancel culture. Or I don't know. They got all these <laughs> names for generations, right? I don't even know them. But he named them. He's so up and to said date. these guys don't want to sit next to each other. They want space. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not working on 50, percent you're not going to grow. I said, "Oh, that's crazy." But we came home and we moved our seating forward. We used to use a big area in the front to come forward and worship. Mm. Moved our seating up near the stage, which afforded us 60 chairs. And we immediately grew by 30. And I was, oh, wow. And then we tore out our sound booth and added 60 more chairs. And we immediately grew by 30. And it was so, we said, well, that's curious. This is crazy. Hmm. And we, so we went to a second service and then we had plenty of chairs again, you know, I mean like, like way too many. And, uh, but we felt led by the Holy spirit to expand the building and, and we had a number that we could do cheapest to hit the right square footage for occupancy that doesn't require you to go into all this, you know, different kinds of designs. For all of you that don't know, Steve is a general contractor as well as a pastor. So I designed buildings and so we designed it with this certain level of extension to where we came in underneath the requirements for a whole bunch of expensive stuff. Fire sprinklers and commercial fire sprinklers is one. It was just massively expensive. So we were able to expand with very little, you know, of those kinds of costs, it's still expensive, but you know, and, uh, and the update that's is the 50% you're talking about. That's the, that's the principles of church growth that, 50. you know, we were looking at, but, uh, and this Sunday we were, it was, it's just weird because you just, you enlarge your sanctuary. And a week ago we were the biggest service we've ever been in the history of the father's house. And then last Sunday we, we were, the biggest way service. bigger yeah. than any service we've ever had and just because i don't know we added 40 feet and it just i don't it's really bizarre yeah. it really the, is bizarre we, we had our so we opened it up and we're not finished by any chance and we got half the car half the room is, construction half the room site. is cement with no carpet yeah mm-hmm. we're using our outdoor sound system you know and and it grew by a lot in um two weeks in a row and that's that's such it's just like that's curious. It's curious. Yeah. It's like we, but we, when the Lord laid it on my heart, let's get going. 
and I went and hired the designers and we walked it and measured the building for no apparent reason. We had no money and we didn't have any real reason to believe it was growing. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it really wasn't growing. It was pretty much stuck, you know, 156, 150, something like that, something like that on a Sunday morning. Anyway, none of that's important, but it, it's, it's shocking the level of growth since the day we started building with no money started find, uh, going after strategies to make money and to, to, to try to put together a plan to pay for this thing if and when the permits are ready. And it's just been shocking. We owe nothing. Everything's, awesome. pay, everything's paid for. And and update, because uh, Steve, you know, had made a comment a few weeks about the chairs, and I was the only thing, I was the only one responsible for the chairs. And everything, <laughs> I was delayed. We're just waiting on Vicky Just waiting. Do you chairs. remember that? Do you remember yep. when we talked about mm-hmm. that, Steve? Do you remember that? And you were taking it over, and you called the people in Hawaii. And yeah, absolutely. Do, do you remember that? Absolutely. So, well, anyway, update is we didn't use the people that he, he found. Nope. We actually used the people that our fact checker, Luke, found. Luke and found the we chairs. Just, and I ordered the chairs just right before we came online. Awesome. So everything, we're ready. We're just waiting on the carpet now, and it's yep. going to be beautiful. We're excited. Awesome. That's good. Well, speaking about building the church, we are talking about some of the core things things that you guys founded the church on, the core things that you teach at the Father's House, and uh, that's what our season two has been about. I got it right this time. It's season two. You're awesome. And we're talking about one of the those themes is, who is God? And <laughs> it kind of isn't really self-explanatory when you read it. No. Um, but the, like, the byline to that is, uh, and the old used to have these things i remember they're in the bathroom when you're going to the bathroom you could read them off and yep. and uh, that's how i memorized them you it's know, amazing. i still the wish bus. they were there yeah, yeah i wish it were there too. and uh, no, so the girls. Who, who is god so the byline to who is god is read the whole bible to understand who god is and that's interesting because we get a lot of i guess for me I, i'd think okay well the the old testament is where god is like the scary god and they're really super powerful and and uh, you better be on his team type of God. And then the, the God of the New Testament is, is Jesus, and he's very lovey-dovey and, and kind of— that's, I guess that was my, my thought before I, I really dove into mm-hmm. trying, like, realizing that God's character is a little bit expressed differently in the Old and New Testaments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the longer I'm here at the Father's House in the School of Transformation, I'm realizing that our view of God— really impacts how we live Christianity, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so if that's totally. true, then totally. how do we get the fullest picture of God that we can? Mm-hmm. And I guess the, your answer to that is read the whole Bible to find out who God is, right? My, my answer to that is no Jesus. Mm-hmm. No Jesus. Because K-N-O-W. maybe, maybe it's, it's wrong to think that expressed differently. It's not. It's exactly the same God. Ananias and Sapphira drop dead. You know, Jesus says, I'll spit you out of my mouth if you're mm. not hot, you know, if you're lukewarm. Uh, it's exactly the same. What's different is what's offered. Mm. The level of response to God is supposed to be the same. We are supposed to be as diligent in our following of the teachings of Jesus as they were supposed to be mm-hmm. diligent of the law and the prophets. Um their leaders took their law and prophets and made it into 11 volumes that are three inches thick of ridiculous detail to the point where no man could follow it. Mm. We have done the same today. We have huge bookstores to fill all the books we've created. 
And really it's boiled down to if you want to know God, who God is, know Jesus. Know what he says, what he teaches, who he is, what he expects, what he wants. Listen to Jesus Mm -hmm. and you'll know God. And then in today's world, in my opinion, we try to say the God of the old. I'm lucky I don't, you know, know the God of the Old Testament. Well, he that's exactly who, you know. And then you say, Jesus lives in my heart or the Holy Spirit dwells within me. Or we say, know you not, you're the temple of the living God. Hmm. Well, that living God, that Jesus in my heart, that filled with the Holy Spirit, is exactly the same God as the Old Testament. Yesterday, today, forever. And he has the same expectations of us. But he's willing to forgive us. Hmm. He's willing to fill us with his presence. He's willing to put his holiness in us because his blood shed on the cross, his grace cleanses us and makes us a vessel that can house his spirit. Hmm. And we are supposed to respond to that in every bit the same way as Moses was supposed to respond to the, the holy bush. Yeah, We are supposed to be reverent to him. We are supposed to be serious about following him. We are supposed to need him when our enemy is coming. We are supposed to follow what he says and do what he says and be protected by him, warmed by him, cooled by him. We are supposed to be in day-to-day, thought-to-thought, minute-by-minute relationship with him. And it really helps if we know him and we don't say crazy things about him. Like he's not concerned with your actions or your sins. He is, yeah. When did he change? When did all that change? When he said, I change not. And and Hebrews says, yesterday, today, and forever the same. Mm -hmm. And yet we want to say he's different. He's not. The covenant is different. Our response is supposed to be exactly the same. We're supposed to understand why we read the Old Testament to know who he is, is we have to understand that is the God you've invited into your life. That's the God that you've given your life to. And then said, come and live in me. I surrender my life to you. I give you my life. Take over my life. What Paul said, our life is no longer our own. But Christ is in all and he is all. We're supposed to be disciples of Christ, being in his likeness. It's supposed to be hard to tell the difference between Christ and us, Jesus and us. Well, how would I ever become that if I don't know him? I don't know what he says. I don't know what he teaches. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You I mean the most important thing we should be doing is finding out what he said, what he did, what his promises were, you know, how he made it really absolutely important that we have a father in heaven, that we rely on the way a toddler relies on their father on earth. Mm-hmm. And this no God, I mean, Who can know him? The best we can do is spend our whole life learning about him. And then we only know an iota of at least we get to know what he's been willing to reveal to us. Right. Yeah. And I think it's going to be the greatest surprise in all of our lives that he wanted us to know him. And to be filled with him and to be conscious that we're filled with him. I think it's really 
common and all of us do it. We have a mindset or an imagination of God being out there. And the truth is he is out there, but he's also right here in my reach. Hmm. And then he's also inside of me. So in our, I, I was listening the other day to one of our pastors on the stage talking, talking about let's pray to the God, let's pray to God and to the God that's inside of us and not to the God that's out there. And it sounded just like there's two gods. And it, so it's a wrong thinking. I mean, that person didn't mean it like that. They just said words that came yeah. out that way. He's the same God out there right here mm -hmm. and in me. Mm -hmm. But what we've grown to do is ignore the fact that that God out there lives in me. And we've stopped letting him be our guide to our path, our light that shines the way, our, our bread that came down from heaven, our living water that flows out of us. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. He's supposed to be the bread. He's supposed to be the wine we drink. He's supposed to be the water that we drink and that flows out of us like a fountain. And so it's, it's all part of this. He's out there. He's right here. He's in me. He flows from me. Everyone I touch, he should, I should be conscious of that. What I'm saying, what I'm doing comes from him mm -hmm. and get out of his way. Hmm. I have to decrease John the Baptist said, and I, I, Steve Orsillo have to decrease that he might increase. And this is the whole process of getting to know God. I read the Bible to know him and what I read about him. I come up with a philosophy that discounts him and says he's no longer that way. Or he's or or the God of the New Testament is this. Well, again, you just acted like there's two gods. Hmm. Wow. He said, I am the Lord your God. I yeah. change not. The Lord your God is one God. Yeah. Part of the Ten Commandments, part of the original Behold agreement with man, Israel. right? Yeah. So we have an agreement with him under grace. And this grace allows us to be forgiven. Two things. Forgiven, which was unheard of in the Old Covenant. Your sins were not forgiven much. Some were, but very few. Mostly it was forbore, forbearance. He forbear your sins, meaning he pushed them to the future so that Jesus could deal with them. It's possible everyone in the Old Testament is going to be in heaven because as they awaited the Messiah, their sins were pushed forward for him to deal with them. Hmm. And they had a choice too. And I think if you're in hell, if that's where they were, I'm not positive, but if they were in hell and offered a chance to be forgiven, I think they took it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just know that I'm not in hell. I'm on earth. So the first thing I have to know is, you know, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that, that he loves me. And the second thing I, I have to really get conscious of is that I invited him into my heart to forgive me. So he forgives me. And he fills me. Those are the two things. The forgiveness and the filling. And if you do those two things, I won't say you'll know God, but you'll begin to know more about God. You'll, you'll get a viewpoint. And if you know Jesus, you'll really begin to know the covenant that God made with us. What, what he actually did to almost like just come and save me almost against my will. Chase me down and offer I could have said no. He didn't make me do it. But when I did it, he responded so beautifully. 
I'm shocked about this one thing. 46 years ago, which is yes, yesterday yeah, was my yesterday 46 was your, birthday of receiving Jesus. Right. You know, we got all, we got all excited for him in yeah. class. Hey, we, did you even re, did you wake up yesterday yeah, knowing? Oh yeah. Yeah, Because we, it, it we was were a, like, hey, it's your birthday. Yeah, you it was it was awesome. it was awesome, and I got so much love yesterday. But you know, he did. Here's what's awesome: 46 years ago, and still today, it's equally awesome. He didn't reject me. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Max, he should have rejected me. I had rejected him. I was so angry about Christianity, and I didn't want anything to do with it. But he knew. I had never, I had never experienced Christianity. Yeah. I'd only experienced church, religion, a process. I had never been touched. I'd never invited him in to forgive my sins. I'd never repented or said I'm sorry. I'd never really even felt sorry. You know, just... Of, for sins, I didn't even know what that meant. And so on that March 10th, 1975, I prayed a 22nd prayer and he didn't reject me. Mm. That was amazing. And over the next month or three months or whatever it took to, for me to get my head out of my rear, he still didn't reject me. Mm. He tenderly and kindly led me to become who I then began to become. Mm. I think even the question is almost kind of a ludicrous question that, you know, who is God? Uh, I don't think anybody could answer that question. Yeah, it's um, you, Just an iota. Just an iota, you yeah. know, just, I mean, just think, you just go to Genesis and read how he created, you know, us and the world and stuff. Um, I like the, I like what Steve said, though, because when, it seems like 21st century Christians, are we 21st or 22nd? Yeah, we're 21st. 21st. Um, you know, we treat him kind of like he's our butler or he just, you know, no matter what he does, no matter what we do, it's fine because he's not be the old, he's him. not the God of the Old Testament. And again, quoting what Steve said, it's in Hebrews, it's I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. Yeah. And then I think about this, uh, the scripture says, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. And that's the New Testament. Work out that's yourself. That's one of those ones you want to turn the page. Bad right? away, you know. And um, so it's like it's it's a lifelong pursuit to know who is God. I think when you read Jesus in context, uh, you know, and you just focus on the New Testament for a season and then go back to the Old Testament because he he's the same. I mean, and you cannot dismiss the Ananias and Sapphira story. Mm -hmm. He does not bode well with sin. Or revelation. Or revelations. Yeah. yeah, so it's like it's like the revelation that we've had recently, like Steve was talking about, is and we've all known this. But the fact that that he's out he's out there, he's just just past your, you know, your hands of reach. Just but mostly that he's in me. And as I, it's just like, no, I knew that when I asked him into my life. I yeah. asked him into my life. What the revelation I'm having is that I really need to figure out how to practically um, implement that in my life. Mm -hmm. Like really, I saw, I saw a picture the other day of me literally giving him the keys to, like I'm a car, you drive. Where are we going? You know, praying, praying that way instead of just coming, you know, like we say in the name of Jesus, like it's some incantation. But really, when we pray knowing that we have the mind of Christ, we can have that. He's mm -hmm. in us. He gives us a Holy Spirit to live in us. That It just changes everything because everything is now, well, what are we going to do here, Jesus? You know, and self-hatred. You cannot really let self-hatred abide in you when you really believe that Jesus is in you because then you hate Jesus. 
Mm. He's in you. So we've known that it's a Sunday school little fable that, you know, you know, you might ask Jesus into your heart. But the truth is, is do we really operate that way? That mm. he's really living there. He is driving our car. He is in charge. We go where he tells us, not we, he goes with where we tell him, which is what we often do. Well, I'm saved and that's all I need. So, you know, he is a very ferocious God. I would not want to meet him without Jesus Christ as my Savior. Without being forgiven. Without being forgiven. My sins have been washed clean. But I do never, I never want to take that for granted that or presume that he just, you know, he's got my back and he's in and 42 years ago, I asked him into my life, and that's, all, that's the end of the story. I think there's a responsibility when he lives in your life. There's a responsibility to serve him all the days of your life. And hopefully one day that I, he would say to me, well done, good and faithful daughter. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because we act like it's a gimme. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just going to happen. When I read the New Testament, I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not works-oriented. But it's working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think we want to bat that one away. But, he, but, he, but the revelation is he's in me, through me. And when you read the New Testament with the, that revelation, you start seeing it even more so. You know, the, 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 uh, the kingdom comes near when, they, when his apostles came near. Just say, the, you know, it's, it's like when Jesus gave the instructions for the, the 12 to go out, it's what he said, basically. And then Pentecost happened, and then they really got it. Yeah. They kind of were works-oriented before Jesus died, and then Pentecost happened, and when the Holy Spirit came on them, it changed everything, everything. in all of them. They became courageous and bold. Made before, brand new. Made brand new, and they, they got it. They were Jesus's, and they all died a violent death. Well, we don't even want to look at that. Mm. you know. So it's a revelation that I'm really trying to wrap my spirit around at the Father's house. We're really re- working through it. And another answer to who is God has to include the incredible mercy that caused him to give us a new co- right. new covenant, the incredible blessing. I got to tell you, the if the Holy Spirit lives in me, I must have fruit. And that fruit is love and happiness, kindness, goodness, right. happiness. It's joy. Yeah, it's uh, kindness, goodness, you know, on and on. You got to things that who wouldn't want that? That's right. And it comes out of you. It pours from you. And pe- people, you leave people all over the place knowing they met someone different. That's right. When they meet you filled with the Holy Spirit. And do you know God? Is Do you know his kindness? Do you know his grace? Do you know his everlasting love? Do you know his insurmountable mercy? Like, I mean... 70 times 7, I I have burned that bridge a long time ago, and he hasn't given up on me. I mean, if each item 70 times 7, maybe not, but the total, the whole 490, I mean, I'm way past that, and he still forgives me. Mm. And his his patience with me, all of the fruit that we're supposed to have, it's the fruit he has in us. Do you know God? Who is God? He is merciful and kind. He is glorious. He he takes the humble, the weak, the slow, the uneducated, poor, and he upholds them and in fact promotes them with his mercy, That's with good. his with his fruit. He doesn't promote them to be the king or the president of the United States or the governor. He doesn't bring them into they don't get to be the general of the army tomorrow. No. 
He upholds them in, in, in their confidence and their faith and their love. Whatever they put in, they get a hundredfold return on. Now, I just don't believe in the uh, prosperity message that faith makes you prosperous financially in terms of numbers. Mm. Faith makes you prosperous and financial because you quit worrying. You quit trusting in money to take care of you. These are the fruits of knowing him. When I know him and he lives in me and he, I become aware of his presence in the earth out there, that he's in heaven looking at me, that he's right here with me and that he lives inside of me and controls my life. He, I give him control, not that he forces it. And this patient, kind, good God who would send his son to die on a cross to, to, to turn me away from my hate. I'm going the wrong way and he's jumping in front of me with a cross. I mean, it's, it, do you know God? The, I mean, we can't forget his goodness and his unbelievable riches. The, the, the phenomenal testimonies of our life is we really have just never had anyone come and deposit $5 million in our account. And we've done $5 million worth of work almost every year. And we never have anything to work with except us and our hearts. And we go forward God. in the belief that he's with us, in the right. belief in the belief that he sent us. Yeah. And like we go forward. in the church. Yeah. You start building with no money and That's right. now it's done. You've been here a couple of years anything. and you must be have seen this, that oh, we yeah. go with nothing and make everything happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not us. It's him. it's him. We give him the glory. Somebody say, have you seen what we did? And we're wrong to say that. Have you seen what he did? If you know God, that's a good thing to do. He likes for you to say that. Look what God has done here. Mm -hmm. and, and you can read it and see. He likes it. And so really, do you know God? It's, who is he? Well, you, part of the conversation, the answer has to include, he is wonderful and marvelous. Hmm. He is good to me. He allows me to work for him. I don't know why, but he does. There are far smarter, far better people, more talented, more educated than me, but he lets me do something for him. It reminds me of my mother in the church when I was a kid, and they'd put the offering plate past us, and us kids just back up, and our mom would put a quarter in each of our hands, and it felt so good to be able to put somebody else's quarter in the <laughs> offering, to yeah. give to God. Even though, and, and it's like he gives me the quarter. He gives me the energy, the knowledge, the, the faith, the courage. He gives me everything. And in fact, I operate in his courage, in his goodness. And I say all the time, if there's anything excellent in me, if there's anything wise, if there's anything uh, good of any way, it's him. It's what, that happens when I allow him to shine his light through me. Good lets me be him to the world. Mm. And that's what disciple means is uh, imitating him to the point where you can't tell the difference. Well, yeah. I think I'm not there yet, Steve, but when I let him control Steve, when I go ahead and surrender, man, people get blessed. Yeah, they do. It sounds like what you're saying is when I asked about that narrow view of God and sometimes you focus on we just focus on his mercy and love and he could not, never possibly be mad at us. But then others focus on, well, he's kind of a, he's kind of scary mm -hmm. and, and really holy. And, and you don't really want to be caught in his presence without 
forgiveness, it our view of of who God is has to have all of that yeah, that's right. at the same time. At right? the same time, and then so then the I guess what I hear from this recent revelation that because you guys go when you go on vacation, you can step away. That's when you the yeah. Lord speaks to you, right? About like okay, this is this is a little bit of a the direction He's got for you, and that one has been that He is out there. Yes, He is right here. Yes, and He's inside. Yeah, right. And so then, when you know who God is, the full scope, that becomes a huge a huge deal because not everybody throughout the history, like Christian history or pre-Christian history in the Old Testament, they didn't always get that mm-hmm. right. And it was like a big deal when so and so experienced the Holy Spirit or was filled with the Holy Spirit for a time. Mm-hmm. And now, if we know if we know God and we ask for Him to come and live inside of us, He just will, and He'll just make His home in us. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And He's not. It's not like he's staying the night. It's like you better make the whole room, the whole house for him. He doesn't just get a room in your that's house right. every weekend. That's good. Right? And so I guess that's what I, to boil down what I've been hearing, it's like he's coming to make his home in you, and he's he's not going anywhere mm-hmm. unless you kick him out, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Max. And I think a really important thing is it's, it, it isn't that I got a revelation. I, I really didn't. Everything I've been saying lately, I've known 46 years. I've known it since the day I met him. But what was what the revelation was was that this is something you've just put to the back burner. Hmm. You've quit you've quit promoting it. Especially I mean, when I led everyone to Jesus in those first many years, I led everyone. I went everywhere I knew. With a frisbee, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. frisbee, with hitchhiking, skiing. I would just put myself in a position to talk one on one, I'd lead people to Jesus, aware that he was speaking through me. Mm-hmm that they could feel him if I would talk to them. They could hear him if I would talk to them. And I led people to Jesus everywhere and didn't put these words to it. I didn't, I didn't describe it this way. And, and then along come other Christians just kind of patting me on the head, you know, just kind of like placating and, and telling me this will pass. It's okay. You're just, we were so excited, but your excitement led. And then you got to, then you got to live by faith. Live in the real and world. And I'm like, well, the, yeah, the real world. And then it's like, isn't this faith? But I've always known this, and I think more than anything, all the crying out I do, especially when I get on vacation, crying out to him, like, what have I missed here? Hmm. You know, I want, I want a different outcome when it comes to praying for sick people. I want a different outcome when it's, you know, trusting in you and pressure and stuff like that. And it was just clear, you have all of this, and you had it more than any man, most men, and you kind of just let it fade to the back. Mm. You've always known he lives in you, but you never talk about it. Wow. You've always known he lives in you, but you don't really, uh, you're not aware he's speaking through you. Because that was the thing. On every Sunday morning sermon I've done in the Father's house now, 23 years, coming up on Easter Sundays, 23 years, and every sermon I have been in awe. And at times when I'm under attack, I say to Vicki, the one, the, I got this miracle that happens every Sunday. Every time I open my mouth to speak for him, I I have it. And then this church is over and it goes right back to the back burner. Hmm. It doesn't, that yeah. miracle doesn't force it to the front for me. And so on this vacation, he basically laid that out for me. Mm-hmm. You, you believe you, you have this experience where every Sunday I speak through mm-hmm. you. But then what about when you go to the back of the church to meet the visitors? Mm-hmm. Am I still speaking through you? Oh, yeah, I don't even think it like that. Yeah. When you put your hand on their shoulder and say, you know, I'm so glad you were here today. Am I touching them or you? Hmm. You, you knew this. You, you have this. Why did you let it fade? 
this is where the power is. I can heal anything. You can heal nothing. Mm. Yeah. But if you'll let me speak, if you'll let me act on your behalf, I will even act on your words. You make promises, I'll fill them. You write checks, I'll back them up. And I don't mean literal checks. Yeah. It's a metaphor. But you go out on the limb and I'll support you. You fall and I'll catch you. And it's just very amazing. I'll be faithful to you even when you're not faithful to me. And I came back and said, you know, this, it, it was a lot of thought. And it was just like, how did I get so far from what I knew in the first five years of my Christianity, in the first 10 years of it? That's how I led Vicky to the Lord, knowing he was speaking to her. Afterwards, she said, there was this aura around you. It was like you were, you know, like Hollywood drew a picture of what a man coming from, what an angel of God would look like. I was an angel of God talking to Vicki. Hmm. I was an angel of God talking to everybody. I was a messenger from God. And somewhere along the line, I forgot to think of it like that. I just kind of laid it down and it was like, I, I'm pastor in a church and I never talk about him who lives inside of me. Hmm. And it's so important that he lives everywhere. He, he's out there. He's right here. He's in me. He's through me. And he, he, he absolutely chooses to speak through me, act through me, walk through me, visit through me, bless through me, curse through me even. I mean, he still challenges people. I didn't mean curse, but, you know, yeah. put things in their place. Mm-hmm. You know, correct things. The authority correcting yeah. sharply. He still does that through me. And uh, I just have really kind of forgot all about that not how I communicate. Mm. And, it, and I realized almost every Christian on earth that I know thinks of him, prays to him, worships him, expects things from him from a distance. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line right yeah. there is that I think um, for you, you, you know, even prayer was really difficult and oh, praying for healing was difficult. And every, you know, like just being honest, if we say we want to pray about something, Steve would actually give almost like an audible, oh. Because yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I was always you, a you know what we're talking door. about. I say, oh gosh, okay, I guess we should check we that out through, the box. Yeah, because, we can go through those motions. Yeah, again. and so, but but if you come, if you really think about him inside of you, and how he'd pray, how do you want to pray for this person? Instead of just you know we just lofty words, and you know he even Jesus even talks about the lofty words of prayers and just needless words. Repetition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we, I think I know I'm guilty of that, and but if you stop. And say, Lord, what are you praying in the situation? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would become less of a, of a self-seeking, um, self-serving prayer if because we have the mind of Christ. But we don't always recognize and operate in it. And I believe we just want, as Christians, want to say an incantation sometimes and say in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. It's like fairy dust sometimes. And I'm talking about me. Um, but if you come in the name of Jesus... You, when you start really recognizing he is in me and you actually give him the floor before you start praying, like, what are we praying here? Where are we going? Because it could be entirely different than our wants and our desires. And we could have incredibly um, selfless desires that we're praying. However, is that really what he wants to do? Sometimes Somebody said recently, you know, sometimes we pray for these storms to pass or whatever, yeah. you know, or someone not to die. And it's, how do you know? That you're praying with the mind of Christ. That's right. Sometimes those those storms are exactly what that person needs, yeah. and and he does put pressure on us, and he turns the screws sometimes till we don't think we can take it anymore. 
and we're praying against, you know, in the flesh. So it's really changed our prayer life. And, you know, I'm just talking to him a lot more, even when I'm struggling, I'm like, okay, Jesus, you know, you got to carry me right now because I'm mm-hmm. not doing it. And it's been, it's been pretty revelatory in the last two weeks for us. When I've slowed down to say, what is your prayer for the situation? Yeah. It has never been what my prayer would have been. <laughs> my son's struggling and I'm, I want to say, Lord, help him, help him. Yeah. You know, fix this problem for him. Let him find favor with these people. And uh, if I slow down, stop, and let him pr- let the mind of Christ so come, good. you know, come to the surface, the heart of God. Mm-hmm. If I will feel it along with myself, all of a sudden, the prayer changes have to, your will. you know, have your will. Let 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 you know. Oh, the other day, what the Lord said about my son is, I love him more than you do. Mm-hmm. And my will will be for his good. And it's like, well, that didn't tell me anything. Like I can't, I can't know what's going to happen except if I trust him, I can know my son is in God's hands and he's going to take care of him. And I need to pray tomorrow and hear the same thing and the next day and hear the same thing because it will really help. It will really help me if I do that because continue to trust him for my son's outcome. What happened in our life is our son is just, I mean, he's really becoming a superstar. He's really coming into who he is. And it was the trouble he went through that I wanted God to get him out of That's right. that caused him to become who he is. And it's like we, we don't even remember these things. It's yeah. exactly what Vicky's talking about. You know, it's that trouble that that may he just he's just shining like a light. And it's the trouble he went through. And as parents, we always want to evacuate our, our all of our fix, children, yeah. and uh, you know we want to we you know we want to save them and heal them, and 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 it and we just don't stop and ask Jesus, well, what do you want? Mm. You know, we just want them not to go through any problems, any yeah. any trials or tribulations, no and it's like count it all joys, yeah. brethren, mm-hmm. as you encounter these things. But we really want to escape clause on every time and I'm talking again for myself as a, as a mother when my daughter's struggling my son's struggling I just really wanted to quickly go past and it's like no Lord what do you want yeah and I think just the revelation for us to kind of go back there has um, for me I know and, and a lot of people at the father's house are really wrestling with this this um this calling you back to your first love and the mind yeah. of Christ the heart of Christ. Letting the heart of God and the mind of Christ become what rules your day and your decision-making. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's a good a good spot to end it. I think it actually probably makes a really good segue into one of the, the last two of the points. So that this is number eight of the okay. ten uh, points that you guys founded the Father's mm-hmm. House on. And another one coming up, I don't want to give anything away, but it's give your life away, right? Yeah. And so there's yeah. a reason that he has made his home in you there's a reason that that he needed to make his home in you, and it's not just for our benefit, right? And so, um, that's I guess that's a little bit of a sneak preview of what's coming up as we Stay as we talk tuned. about what it means to give our lives away. That's right. Um, but that's coming up anyway. I, I, I'm just really blessed to be a part of the podcast. Really blessed to have you guys on it. So um, are we, man. It's yeah. really really cool to see people tune in from all around the world. I love it. Um, getting a lot of people, biggest SO, uh, school of transformation, uh, part-time light crowd that we've ever had started this past Amazing. week. And, and a lot of them say, Hey, I listened to the podcast. Uh-huh. And, um, and we even have a, a gentleman from the Bay area, San Francisco, which is close, but not super close. Right. No, not, and not said, real close. He came, 
He came and said, you know what? I've been listening to your podcast and listening to Steve and Vicky every week. Really? And I'm so excited just to Thank be you. here. And uh, yeah, so we, we did just start this last term of the School of Transformation. But maybe if you're listening to this stuff and you're, you're finding really new life-giving stuff every week on The Uncommon Truth, whether you're listening on the radio or the That's podcast, right. uh, maybe check out what it could be like to start the School of Transformation either part-time via Zoom where you're at or coming down and spending six months or more in Orville um, at the full-time school. Those next semesters start in September, so they can also just visit if you're coming. Yeah, absolutely. You're driving by, yeah. just come on by. The my mom, my mom is visiting us for the first time this weekend. Oh, so welcome! I'm so excited. What's your first name? Pam. We Pam. also take teams to come and walk alongside of yeah. us. So right. It's uh, we're not set up for it as well as we used to be, but we still have plenty of Whoa, ability to bring teams in, and they can walk alongside of us from churches just to see who we are and, and learn what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Max, we are so privileged to walk alongside of you in this we podcast, really you know, getting to know you. Proud of you. Yeah, so proud Thanks, of you. Guys. Such an excellent, excellent, uh, excellent ministry this podcast is. Yeah. This is your brainchild. This yeah. is your baby. And uh, we're so privileged to be part of it with you. Yeah, we really are. Thanks, guys. Really love you. You're doing a great job. It's uncommon truth. Uncommon truth. Stuff people need to hear. So thanks for for taking time out of your super busy schedules to be here. Thanks to everybody listening, taking their time. Have a great week. Whatever you're doing right now. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Uncommon Truth. Bye-bye.